when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Any idiot can say whatever they want, and they usually do, and they're negative. And all I see, to me, I've gotten to a point now when I see things like that, I feel sorry that those people feel that way, that their lives don't have the purpose, the passion, and the excitement and the enjoyment that some of us do. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sunbelt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. And as my, as the head football coach at South Carolina, my job is to do what I feel is best for the University of South Carolina football program today and going forward in the future. And that's what I did. We wish him well and uh, have nothing but uh, 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 we, we wish him well. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, I'm feeling good, brother. I mean, I got a lot going on over here, but, you know, I just got to start the show with a little slight complaint. I hate to be a complainer. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. It's not my nature, Shane, but I'm... I don't understand what the hell we're doing with this daylight savings. <laughs> and if it's just screwed me on Sunday, I was going to do a podcast yesterday, but man, I was wrecked. I was laying down at 5 p.m. I just couldn't handle it. So I'm feeling 100% now. We got spring football all across the SEC. Hell, we're going to have a spring game this weekend, brothers. Missouri's kicking off spring game. Their spring's almost done. Tennessee hadn't even started. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. And it's just like, you know, I'm getting so excited, all this football in the air, and I sent you a text message asking if you if we could do a countdown. It's like 170 days till SEC football. <laughs> and I'm like, but but Tennessee and, and Kentucky are 171 days or 171 miles apart. It'd be perfect. We could do what <laughs> Mike's like, no. He shut it down. We're not having a countdown till we get to 100. So we're getting there, man. We are getting there. And like you said, it's just, it's just fun. It's fun hearing college football news, in, like I said, on Twitter, on everything. And uh, we're going to get some of that information out to you guys today. Yeah, we got a number of coaches speaking, and there's going to be a lot more in the coming days. Georgia, we're recording on a Tuesday. Georgia started Tuesday. LSU started Tuesday. So we'll have more from them in the coming days. Uh, Auburn started on Monday. Tennessee this weekend, Alabama this weekend. So many. Mm-hmm. By next week, the entire SEC – well, hell, Missouri will be done by now. But <laughs> but the rest of the SEC will be kicking off spring football. It's great. We're going to have some good content here. And then one other little note here, Shane. It's So this is not official yet, but it looks like recruiting is going to finally open up here. Now, the dead period goes right now until May 31st. Mm-hmm. And they're anticipating that it's going to open June 1, 
And I can almost guarantee you that it's going to happen because I'm seeing on Twitter already some of these schools are lining up official visits June 3rd already. So okay, the SEC, I mean, I don't think they'd be telling these kids to come visit if it wasn't allowed, obviously. So, man, this we're going to be geared up, ready to go here in June. And I'm just you're hearing all the good news about they're anticipating full stadiums in the fall. Yeah. We're, we're going to get back to business, man, and I can't wait for it. No, definitely, man. And, and yeah, I think the stadiums is big. You're you're feeling like the recruiting is going to crank back up and get back to normalcy, uh, which is also going to be good for a lot of these uh, programs that had, you know, we talked about this on other podcasts where they had trouble identifying talent because they didn't get to see film. I mean, mm-hmm. we got high schools getting back into it and everything. So uh, I, I think it's just good news all the way around. And uh, you started off the the show with a little bit of Debbie Downer. I want to I wanted to ask you a question, just uh, kind of bring it bring it all together. Most of these teams are going to have an SEC game. I know what Florida bowed out and Kentucky now, right? Is there any other, or is everybody else uh, uh, going to allow fans in? Yeah, as far as I know, the rest of the SEC, the twelve other programs, are anticipating having spring games, and they're all opening them up to fans. Now, it's not going to be a situation where, you know, it's a completely full stadium, to my understanding. It's going to be uh-huh. like we had in the fall, 20 to 25% capacity. But that's for the rest of the league. Just like you said, Florida and Kentucky, only ones not holding a spring game. And my understanding, Shane, uh-huh. the Georgia hype train getting out of control, they've already sold out their entire spring ticket allotment. <laughs> so, I mean, they're geared up. Hell, it just started ready, right now. Right. You know what? This is their year, baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But hey, buddy, uh, we got a lot of news to get to. You ready to go around the league? Let's do it. Now let's go now around, let's the go league. around the league. I, my, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. And Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys. Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, I wanted to start here in Lexington, Shane, because we got ourselves a quarterback competition. Quarterback challenge. Now, there's really no telling who in the hell is going to be the starting quarterback because... They're still putting in the offense. I mean, they don't. None of the players got it down at this point. You know what? Mm-hmm. And we got contenders like Bo Allen. A lot of people think, I believe he's going to be a redshirt freshman this year. So, uh, very touted in-state quarterbacks. He's the one that's you know has the best arm of the two. And then you got Joey Gatewood, the Auburn transfer, who's more of a running threat. But you know, just looked lost in the last offense. So maybe that was part of. Going over to this new offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen from the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then don't forget, now this guy's not here yet, but they landed. Touchdown Terry's coming back. <laughs> no. 
no, we can finally put that hype to bed. They've landed uh, Penn State graduate transfer Will Levis, who we get to uh, Liam Cohen here in a moment, but he kind of talks him up. But so we got a three-man race, and the and the third guy's not even going to be there until after spring football. So probably not going to even have an answer by the end of the spring. But you know, when you're installing a new offense, you probably don't want it to be where all the other quarterbacks are so bad that you have to start one over the other. You know what I mean? Right. No, I, I, I like that. Which, uh, which comments are you going with first here? Are you going to talk to coach or, uh, Stoops or are we going to the offense coordinator? Well, yeah, let's kick it over first to, uh, Mark Stoops mm-hmm. talking about, uh, the installation there, the spring and the position groups. Now these are key. The ones that he really wants to see developed because that's what Kentucky is known for developing these positions and, man, it, it doesn't matter which coaches you speak to. You know, I listen to all these clips. I try to get the, the best, juiciest moments here. Mm-hmm. But they all say spring is the time for development. There's no time like it. Spring camp is when you're going to see these guys make a huge jump. So he talks about the position groups that he really needs to see take that next step. And then don't forget, because this, this offense, Shane, is not going to work unless they have players develop at the receiver position. Right, And they got uh, the Nebraska transfer, Wondell Robinson. He was their best receiver the last couple of years at Nebraska. Now he's coming home to Kentucky. As long as the NCAA allows transfers to play immediately like they're expected to be, it sounded like Robinson's going to be probably their go-to option next year. So let's kick it over to Mark Stoops. Mark, are there any one or two positions that you're going to pay special attention to looking for development this spring? I think, um, you know, it's it's fair to say that the wide receiver position is always a position that uh, we feel like we have to uh, continue to grow. And and obviously the quarterback position is always important. Um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, we're thin at linebacker. Um, but also, you know, I want to see – I feel like we have quite a few bodies, but we need to take a, another step, you know, on the defensive line as well. When we talked to you at the end of the season, there was a lot of talk about moving forward, pushing the program forward. Uh, You made those moves. What does pushing the program forward look like uh, over the next 15 spring practices? Just getting better. I mean, again, there's no magic formula. There's no magic wand. It takes takes a, 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 you know, a plan, but it also takes, you know, dedication on a lot of people's part you know so we all have to do our part and and just get better day by day i'm really excited i mentioned that i've said it before i think i feel really good about you know where we're at but we have to put in the time we have to put in the work and and it's day by day you can't get out ahead of yourself i know that's boring to talk about but it's so true we're in there right now we've started the morning you know and it's the same way tomorrow we're, we're up and at it early and really excited about attacking each day and and getting better it's 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 a fun time for me personally it's a fun time for 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 our program i think because uh I'm excited about, uh, you know, just getting better and, and, you know, putting a good team out there next year. But uh, we have a lot, a lot of work to do today. Mark, just what are your expectations for Wondell Robinson now that you finally have him on campus this spring? I, I know there was a lot of talk of what he could do in Liam's offense, but what does that look like now? Well, we will see, John. Um, I'm very excited about it, obviously. You don't need to watch much film or watch Wondell very long to see how talented he is. Um, I think what's been great for me to see is, is, 
you know, reaffirming my thoughts on him is he's a guy that's extremely dedicated also. He's not only talented, but he's very dedicated. He works really hard, and he's, he's committed to it. And uh, I'm, that excites me, you know, because you want that to – to spread to other guys and you always want to bring guys into the program that are going to you know affect people in a positive way and so I like what I've seen you know just his movements you know we're I haven't we're not allowed to have a football to this point but just his movements in the way he 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 explodes you could see how fluid he is and you could feel his presence uh the way he accelerates and puts pressure on a defense so um that's not hard to see you know and uh so you know I think you know that will come. You know, and uh, you know we'll go through this spring, and and he'll get better and better. But you know, you could watch his film and watch him on TV from a year ago, and you see the talent, you see the explosiveness. Uh, but it's also good to see the mindset that he has and the commitment level that he has. All right, Jay. There you have it from Mark Stoops, and you know it. He's never one to get too fired up in these uh, press conferences, unless he's talking about Tennessee or beating them or something. But uh, <laughs> you know, you can sense. Uh, some energy in his voice and, and just, you know, how geared up he is for the spring. And uh, like I said, because Kentucky's a developmental program, this is like his time to shine. You know what? Yeah, man. I'll tell you, it, it, if you're a Kentucky Wildcat fan, this is just, this is what you want to hear because I think last year was a one-off. I think a lot of that was Corona related. You know, they had a lot of stuff going on, injuries and whatnot. I just think that this comes back a little bit to normalcy and the trajectory that that Mark had this crew on. And you can just hear it in his voice, man. It just feels like we're further along. It feels like, you know, he's saying all the right things. If my coach came out and said this, I would feel really good about our program. And then top it off, like you said, he gets excited about players. And, you know, next thing. You hear him talk about Wandell. It's like, I don't even know who this guy is. And, and next thing you know, I'm so ex- he's got me pumped up. I'm looking at YouTube videos to say, okay, let's see how electric this kid is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that I mean, that's just the thing. Yeah, we pumped up Kentucky last year and we were dead wrong. We're back on the bandwagon. But, you know, as more time goes on, I think we're going to see that last year was just a train wreck for programs that wanted – you know, that are keyed in on developing guys. Yeah. that That's what you see with a Kentucky because th- there was no spring football and they just lost all that time. And it was almost like whatever you had in 2019, minus the guys that went on to the NFL, that's who you got in 2020. And it just fell apart all on them. So, you know, this is mm-hmm. the one program in the SEC that, you know, I, I think we're rolling a little bit of the dice. And yeah, I think that's good because that because what you what you had working on offense was a disaster. That that's what they like to say when they get a recruit Yahtzee. They're rolling the dice. They're getting that Yahtzee. Mm-hmm. And if they hit with this offensive coordinator, this new system, we all know about the running game, the offensive line, the defense they got in Lexington. If they can have, you know, it doesn't even have to be. I'm not saying Alabama passing game or LSU from 2019, but just something to keep defenses honest. Yep. This could be a hell of a dangerous team next year. And uh you you know it's uh basketball didn't go as well as they were on the bluegrass. So we we've already transitioned to football and hell Liam Cohen first day on the job, one spring practice in. He's being asked uh you know they got a starting quarterback and <laughs> wants to know about the quarterback competition and then he hits on this uh Will Levis, I think is how you say his name, the Penn State 
transfer, what they're getting in that kid. So uh, let's kick it over. I think this is the first time we've ever played comments here from Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator. I know that you said in, in the earlier uh, interview session that uh, you wasn't intended to come out of the spring with a starting quarterback. Uh, however, uh, throughout the in, entire spring practice, in your mind, you don't have to tell us, I'm not trying to pick your brain, but uh, in your mind, uh, uh, do you feel like you will be able to come out here with uh, with somebody in mind that, that maybe uh, has, has a little bit of an edge? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say because – you know, Will Levis has still got to come into the program, you know, at some point here when he gets in. I think that's when we'll truly have an evaluation and a competition once he gets in here. Um, you know, but it's more so, like you said, I got to believe, let, you know, as we go throughout spring practice, we'll have an idea of somewhat where we're at in terms of one, two, three, four, five, and, and, and then who will be, will, will be competing with for the job ultimately. But um, you know, I, I think that's something we'll have an idea of after spring practice for sure. I mean, I, I got to believe that that's something we'll be able to identify um, towards the end of spring practice. And and I think that guy, you know, the guys will know. You know, that's the thing about this game is their tapes to the resume, and and these kids are going to know by watching the film where we're at and and what we need to do to, in order to get better and put themselves in a position to compete for the job. And I think all those guys are eager and hungry to do hunger hungry to do so. It's just a matter of the reps and, and things like that. Liam, speaking of Will, a what did you kind of like about him as you were looking in the transfer report, looking at his film, and b how much can you communicate with him in terms of giving him some coaching about what the offense is going to look like when he does get here in terms of the playbook or whatever? Yeah, I think one of those things that I, I knew Will a little bit when I recruited him prior when he was coming out of high school, out of Xavier High School in Connecticut, and um, you know, just knowing it just his body type. He's a big, strong kid that can truly, you know, really throw the football. You know, it's one of those things that he can throw the football. Um, and, and the one thing he can also do is he can run, you know, he's had some ability to run the football at Penn state and, um, it's more so for him just about, I think he's going to come in and, and give, give it a go, just like he would if he was at Penn state or anywhere else. You know, I think that, we're going to create that competition and give these kids the summer to be able to get through some of that stuff. And, and honestly, he's been hungry as well and, and hungry and eager. He's been able to get on the phone with some of the guys and, and um, learn the offense and be able to get them some of the information to get a jump start on this thing. But he's the type of kid you don't have to stay on him about working hard. You know, he's, he's going to work at it and um, he's done a nice job so far of just trying to keep up on it and uh, get in the film room as much as possible with some of the Rams film, be able to watch some of that stuff, which has helped uh, get a little bit of a jump start on the offense. All right, Shane, so they've replaced Eddie Grant and Darren Henshaw and replaced him with one coach, Liam Cohen, with NFL experience. And another reason I'm very interested in this hire and, and the you know the install of the offense here, this is the first time in the SEC that we're bringing in the – Sean McVay offense. So mm-hmm. we know that a couple of years ago when they had a quarterback with the Rams, they went all the way to the Super Bowl. Hey, we got some. We might be cooking with uh, some fire here in Lexington, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people. Th- I mean, if you're just looking, you're just like, oh, okay, well, Joey's obviously the choice, but not so fast, my friend. Liam comes out and does. He says, "Wait a minute, we got a guy. We got a guy <laughs> coming down here that's about to make this shit serious." So. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but it, it sounds to me like this quarterback 
challenge or quarterback controversy is just getting cranked up because uh, we got uh, what's his last name or what's that boy's name again? Penn State. Uh, Levis. Levis. Levis want more. Well, I'll tell you who wants more is uh, Cohen here because I thought it was interesting that he noted, hey, I know this kid. I recruited him. Uh, before he was with the Rams, he was at, uh, I can't remember the school, but I, it was like a Division two school in the Northeast, I think, mm-hmm. where he served as, uh, I believe, the offensive coordinator. So it's interesting to me that he's got a prior relationship that, you know, day one spring, we've got a competition here, and he's like, wait a second. <laughs> we got this guy coming in who's not even here yet. Usually, uh-huh. you know, these coaches normally say, I guess he's not trained enough yet at SEC coach talk, but normally they say, well, I, we only talk about the guys that were here, blah, 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 whatever. Not right. Cohen. I mean, he's, it certainly seems now it's, it's too early to make any declarations here, but it certainly seems like, you know, he's, he knows what he's got and leave us. And, and that may be his guy until one of these other guys, Bo Allen or Joey Gatewood until they kind of wow, wow him in spring. That's kind of my read on it. Yeah, he went he went full fanboy here, and that's kind of like what I do. You know, the grass is always greener. It's like, okay, we know what we got with Joey, but you know, <laughs> that's what I like. So let's get him in here. Let's get him some reps. Let's get him. Yeah, you know, I think that's important. Just get him acclimated with the team, and then, uh, you know, I think we've got us uh, a little controversy going into fall. So that's what. But that's what Kentucky needs, man. Mm-hmm. You know, they they need that. They need a challenge at quarterback. They, because they are installing a new offense. They are going to look totally different. This isn't the Kentucky teams that you've seen in years past. So uh, maybe that's why we've got so much excitement in Mark's boys. Yeah, and the last thing I got on Kentucky, Shane, we kind of mentioned it, no spring game for the Wildcats. And with a completely new offense, with some new players, mm-hmm. I wonder if that is that all maybe an advantage to them. I mean, I know they keep these spring games very, very vanilla. They don't want to get any information out to – opposing coaches and all that but man there's not gonna be anything on it because there's no spring game so maybe a you know just a slight slight advantage for Kentucky going into the fall just because no one's gonna know what the hell they're they're doing on the offensive side of the ball you know what yeah maybe but also pressure is important I I think when you're you're in front of fans you know, when you're on TV, it's just it, you got different players. How do they mm-hmm. how do they perform under pressure? So I don't know. You may be onto something there, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do a little, maybe a couple live practices in the fall just to get those boys some experience or some exposure to, uh, you know, just public viewing and see how they handle the pressure. Here I go, try to pump them up, and you will be back in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. All right, Shane. Hey, uh, let's take a break from the show real quick to remind the listeners, hey, we're brought to you by my bookie. And it's March Madness time, Shane. I know you've got mm-hmm. some bets for us, so I'm going to ask you that in just a second. But, uh, you know, March is here. It's March Madness, and it's time to shoot your shot with my bookie. They got select winners from 63 tournament games in the my bookie bracket contest for a chance to win $10,000 in cash prizes, and it only costs a dollar to enter. So head on over to mybookie.ag and use the promo code THATSEC, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C, to secure a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. And make sure you use our promo code so they know we sent you over there. Once again, that's THATSEC, T-H-A-T-S-E-C, 
head on over to mybookie.ag, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Hey, just a quick break from uh, college football talk. I mean, I know it's uh, mm-hmm. it, March Madness and all that, and Shane's mm-hmm. not only is he my cousin, he's my bookie here. So, uh, <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I know you had some hot bets you wanted to share. Oh, this you crazy mother. So, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Well, yeah, I went with a few here. I mean, obviously, the tournament's a fun time to gamble. It really is, um, because most of the time, you're not going to get it right. But when you do, you get a lot of bragging rights. And I just felt good about a few of these games. So, Mike, uh, just quick recap here. We've got uh, UCLA at Michigan State. Uh, this game's being played Thursday at 9.57 Eastern Time. Put $100 on this one. I just feel like this is going – now, I'm not – I'm not a huge fan of Michigan State making a run. I just think they're going to have more than UCLA has to offer. Uh, I got to see them a little bit as I was kind of scouting to see what uh, uh, this team Tennessee's playing, this uh, Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they smoked UCLA. So I, I just I, I just like Michigan State in that one. Now, uh, I did get a – Isn't that one of the play-in games on um... – Yeah, yeah. That's going to be there Thursday. Like I said, it's going to be a Thursday night, so – well, I just wanted uh, to make the, the the note that Shane couldn't even wait to the dang tournament to gamble. I mean, this guy, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's he's my bookie, too. Oh, dude, I can't. I love it, man. Because there's, there's only so many things you can bet on, you know? I mean, right. I find myself sometimes gambling on tennis, you know, not knowing <laughs> who these guys are. But, you know, at least basketball, you can kind of say, well, you know, I've, I've got a little film on these dudes. So, but anyway, uh, went four tick, uh, four pick parlay now this one uh went money line on all four of them i should have said that i didn't take this spread i took money line on michigan state earlier but on this one i went texas tech over uh utah state that game's played friday at 145 then i went loyola is that how you say that chicago I wouldn't have done it, but here's the deal. I keep I keep seeing that uh, the, the old lady up that there. That damn nun, name? right? That nun? Yeah, the nun. Yeah, I keep seeing it. Uh, backstory, she, she broke my heart when they beat the Tennessee Vols a few years back. But, uh, you know, she's, she's still kicking, man. So I got them winning the money line on this one as well. So, uh, of course, then I got my Vols. I know that's a note you're not supposed to, but I love them. Uh, they were there at 430. Uh, they got an Oregon State, so it's going to be a that should be a hell of a game. Um, and then, last but not least, on that on that four pick parlay, I've got Oklahoma State. Uh, even though I hate Mike Gundy, I'm rooting for the basketball team. Uh, really, don't know much about Liberty. I just you know I don't know how involved Hugh Freeze is, but uh, I think Oklahoma State's going to win this one. <laughs> now, last but not least, and this one I put a lot of money on because they are huge favorites anyway. Uh, and that was Arkansas. The money line on this one is ridiculous. I just couldn't resist. And that's over Colgate. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I think we're going to have 200 points in this thing. Uh, I just think Arkansas runs away with it. That game's played Friday at 1 p.m. So right now, at this moment, those are my three favorite bets. I, I may be wrong. I may be right. I will definitely let you know next time that we are on. <laughs> yeah, Colgate toothpaste sucks. Good pick there. I, I like those picks. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a crest guy, you know. I don't know about you. <laughs> All right, Shayla, so let's hop down next. Back to football. Let's hop it on down 
to Gainesville. Dan Mullen met with the media here, and, uh, you know, again, he's a tough one to read because sometimes it seems like he doesn't want to share information, and then sometimes he does. And I thought this was kind of insightful, you know. I think a lot of people that probably, they miss these comments here, and I just think this is a good read on on why Dan Mullen is such a good coach. He was asked about the strength of his team going into spring. He says, Hell, I don't. I don't have no idea what that could be. He's letting it play out on the field. He, mm-hmm. you know, he's such a. He's another one though that he's a developmental, a developmental coach as well, kind of like a Mark Stoops. But the difference there, so many players returning last year on offense. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they had so much success, and it was basically the opposite on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's why they struggled. So, I think they're going to rebound this year. Let's kick it over to Dan Mullen talking about the strengths of his team being unknown at this time. And then here, kind of the money quote, he was asked, you know, the fans are going to be hounding you all off season. Mm-hmm. How are the quarterbacks looking? And can you beat Alabama third week of the season? Let's kick it over to Dan Mullen. Uh, from your evaluations, I know you've still got a week of practices, but do you know yet what the strength of this team will be? No, not yet. You know, um, because we're, we're putting a, we're throwing a lot in. There's a lot of things we're doing that we're probably not going to do in the fall, but we want to evaluate those things first. So what we're going to do is go through, we install, we put everything in, we look at where the strengths of individual players are. Uh, we match those strengths together and how we put that all together within the package. Uh, and then we go forward from there. Uh, so, you know, I, I, there's a lot of things I like, but I, don't, I, I couldn't sit here and tell you this is the strength of this team yet because we, we're still evaluating it all. Did you talk about what you're going to be asked on the Gator Club and tour you're going to go on here soon? And you know, two of them are going to be the standard. Uh, what about the quarterback? How good is he? And secondly, uh, can you beat Alabama? That's going to come up. So. Why don't you just address those now? Well, we were six points short of beating Alabama last year, and uh, so that's a possession away. Um, And quarterbacks are, you know, they're growing, they're developing. You know, our job is to make sure we highlight their strengths of what they do well. Uh, You know, we're teaching, we're installing a lot of things. There's stuff we've installed that I wanted to look at, I want to see, I want to see how it fits. There's some stuff that we installed that, uh, you know, you look at now and you thought we would definitely do this and we're not going to. And there's stuff that you didn't think you would do that you're probably going to do. And so um, that's just something that we keep moving forward with, you know, and we're going to, we'll evaluate again. You know, we come back after spring, we're finished a little bit early. Um, you know, it's obviously a very different calendar still within the NSA rules this year, and we're still adapting to all of that. So uh, how we kind of work and set our schedule and our work schedule and how we define what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, couple months, really, uh, you know, from Saturday, uh, spring ball ends, you know, of I don't I, I still don't know when we'll be on the field. I think there's a lot of discussion about that, of how they're, they're going to make changes uh, to all the rules over the summer. Uh, but, you know, and then we kind of focus on what that next step is going to be of development, um, you know, and the quarterbacks will be a big part of that. You know, a lot comes at the quarterback position. Uh, the most important time I always think for a quarterback is the end of spring ball to the start of training camp. And, I've, you know, you go back to the interview last year, and I bet you hear me say that, and you can go back to the interview the year before that. You'll hear me say that, and the one the year before that, you'll hear me say that again. 
the end of spring ball to the start of training camps are the most important developmental times of the quarterback, and I'm not allowed to be with them during that time on the field. So uh, what they do and how they're able to handle it is critical. All right, Shane. So, I mean, we can hit on two things to hit on here, really. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just that comment, I really like it from Dan Mullen. Because he had that one queued up, didn't he? Well, <laughs> he, he? He knew that one was coming. He said, I don't care if you ask me 15 more questions. I'm, I'm going to <laughs> get this Bama one out of the way. <laughs> but here's why I like it, Shane, because of, if you remember, and he got mocked relentlessly. Hell, Georgia even bought this website. After the Georgia loss, he was asked, you know, what's the difference between you and, and – or what's the difference between your program, Kirby's program? He said – Seven points. You remember that? Yeah. And Georgia went out and bought a, a fan. If you go to – to this day, it still works. Loseby7.com. It directs you to the Florida University website. Oh, my God. But that's kind of the motivation, man, that he uses with his players. Yeah. Hey, we're not that – we're six points away, we're five points away, whatever the hell it is. Now that that's kind of the new message here, we're not that far off from the team that everyone recognizes as a damn juggernaut. That's a dynasty. That's the best, not only in the SEC, but the entire nation. Mm-hmm. We're right there with them. And next time we get them in the swamp. So I like this message from Dan And I know some people are going to mock it. Some people say, well, what the hell is he supposed to say? But I think this is the perfect thing for him to, to respond with. Oh yeah. And what, what is that? What that Twitter handle at freeze takes, you know, those. Oh yeah. Like old, you, old takes exposed. Yeah, I, I'm sure they've screenshot this thing and they've got it ready, but sometimes tweets never get sent because they happen. I, I just <laughs> I, I love the fact that your coach has confidence. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? This 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 is what I want to hear from my head coach. You know, I don't want to hear that we're in a rebuild or that, you know, we'll just have to see our coach speak, you know, which Dan did give a lot of uh, coach speak there, but you know, that Alabama thing was right there at the front because that that's personal to him. Uh, you know, I, I, I think they were a little bit further than just one score away. I know what the scoreboard says, but who knows? A couple plays went different earlier in that game. A couple calls go different. We, we may be looking at a different outcome altogether. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I just I, I love confidence from a head coach. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, Shane, uh, next let's skip it on down to Baton Rouge real quick. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy Coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers. Where, like I said, Coach O and the LSU Tigers, they're starting spring practice here on Tuesday. I know the show comes out on Wednesday, but we're recording it here on a Tuesday. And he was on ESPN 104.5 show off the bench. He mm-hmm. was asked about, hey, you, you guys going to take it easy to come out the gate? <laughs> My man Coach O got a good laugh out of that one. And then I really, I, I specifically wanted to add this clip for you, Shade, because he's talking about their uh, new running back, Corey Kiner, mm-hmm. who he reminds old Coach O of is Cousin Shane's favorite LSU Tiger. <laughs> All right, Coach, so what does today kind of look like? Obviously, when you start spring practice, you try to ease them in, you try to figure some things <laughs> out. Is it going <laughs> to be a little get after them uh, today, though? Uh, the, the, the words ease them in is that. <laughs> It's not not vocabulary. The good thing about it, Jacob and T-Bob, we've we've had football school, so we've had right. like fifteen walkthroughs already. So so the time of walking through is over. It's time to go full speed. We got helmets on. There will be no contact. 
but we're still going 907. We're still going team. We're still going 707. We're still going one on one against each other. And you know, as you know, it, it it makes the linemen use their hands better. Yeah, it gets get us a great line of scrimmage discipline. So we got the same practice that we have in past, just no contact. Coach, uh, one last one for me, a position obviously that I'm going to be paying attention to right before you hopped on was the running back position. You've got two veteran guys in John Emery and TDP that have been here. They've had some success, and I know you're going to push them because I know you want to get more out of them as well. But you also have some young running backs, and I've always felt like if there's one position that can transition from high school to immediately playing in college football, it is that running back position. No question. We are so excited to have Corey Conner. Well, so and we think that he is going to be a lot like uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You never can tell, but he reminds us of Clyde Edwards-Alaire on film. And Amani Goodwin, what a great job of getting him in the state of Alabama, yeah. one of the best backs in Alabama. Those are two outstanding backs. You know, we recruited Ty- Tyron Davis and John Emery. I love both of them, but hey, they got to step up. Right. I mean, they, they, you know, they have not played up to their potential yet, whether it be injuries or whatever it may be. But we got to put that behind us. Those are two great backs. Should be two NFL backs. We got to get a lot out of them. And you know, Trey Bradford coming out of Dallas, yep. Texas. I think that we have a stable of running backs. We got to get more out of them. They should be the strength of our team. All right, Shade. So again, I love these comments from Coach O. <laughs> you can tell he's pissed off about how last season went. There's no, you know, taking it easy this off season in Baton Rouge. They're gunning for Alabama once again, and they're going to have the most veteran team probably in the entire SEC next year. And here we are hyping up a true freshman that can do some of the same things that Clyde Edwards-Alaire did for the national champions in, back in 2019. So a, a lot to like here, I thought, from Coach O. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I think, first off, Coach started off that thing laughing, man. I mean, he's just and he just he's always in such a great damn mood. You know, even though he's coming <laughs> off a terrible season, he's 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 – He's snapped and cleared. He's ready, and uh, he's excited about what they have. He's excited what they got coming in. So uh, they they hit the ground running down there. They got they're on a they're on a prove it tour, man. This mm-hmm. is this is for Coach O. This is for the LSU Nation. They they got to come out and say, hey, man, that wasn't a fluke. That wasn't because we had one good quarterback run through here. And, and I think it helps to have guys like this running back. Uh, what was his name again? I, I mean, I know we'll know it at the end of the season. Corey Kiner. Corey Kiner. You know, because if you look back, sometimes LSU, what they were missing was that safety valve. You know, we thought Eric Gilbert was going to be that guy. He ne- he didn't do it. And now we've, we we didn't have somebody to replace, you know, the – the Clydesdale. So maybe, maybe this cat can, and, and that's what, that's what this team needs, you know, just to be a little bit more versatile. It felt like we took a step back in the offense department last year. Yeah. And I know LSU has got new coordinators, both sides of the ball, but this is a rare situation where I don't think they're going to be blowing up either side of the, you know, the offense or the defense. I think mm-hmm. Coach O knows what he wants on defense just last year yep. was just such a disaster. They had to replace Bo Pelini. And they, you know, even last year with the poor results, the offense was still, for the most part, pretty explosive as when they were healthy. So it's interesting that, you know, sometimes you look and you say, well, hell, they're replacing both coordinators. This is going to be tough. But I just don't think it's, it's not like a Kentucky that we talked about earlier where they're completely doing the offense and it's new to everybody. Mm-hmm. This is more they're trying to recapture what they had with Joe Brady. Most of these players should be familiar with that. And then here I think they're 
you know, they got to try to mix a little bit of Coach O's influence and, and Dave Aranda and Bo Pelini under the new defensive coordinator. So uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a rebuild either way. And, and it certainly seems like confidence is high in Baton Rouge. And I think it should be heading into next season. Definitely. Absolutely. All right, last stop, Shane. Let's kick on down to the Plains. Get ready, Toomer's Corner. Auburn's coming to roll you. Final score, Auburn 48, Alabama 45. Auburn, first spring under Brian Harson, getting underway here. And, uh, hey, contract details. I don't know why these came out so late, but uh, Coach Harson given a six-year deal, Shane. He's going to be making $5.2 million average over those uh six years hmm. that's a that's a pretty hefty figure there i mean it it's obviously not at the top but i mean it's right in i'm, I'm trying to look at the list here it's like sixth highest in the sec so they paid a a pretty hefty chunk of change here and i thought this was fascinating here by uh tom green of al.com he calculated all the money that it costs to get rid of Gus Malzahn and his staff and then hire this new one. Yeah. $73 million. <laughs> now that does, that's assuming that uh, Parson stays for the all six years and they give him all that money. But, but still that's a hell of a chunk of change. <laughs> Damn. How much? 73? 73 million and uh, 275,000 also, but Golly. who's counting that? You know what? Who's counting, man? I need to get my resume together and put that. <laughs> I want to be a fired coach from Auburn. You know? <laughs> but here's another oh, one where God. we don't know what the office going to look like. We got uh, Mike Bobo running the show here. Harson's already said it's you know not necessarily going to just be Bobo influence. He's an offensive guy himself, so it's going to be a you know a culmination of all of them. And uh, so he kind of gets into that in just a moment. And he was asked about Derek Mason's defense. I can already tell this guy, we need to get him fired up. We need to get him pissed off a little bit because uh, he's a little bland in his comments. But Mm -hmm. specifically, when asked about the quarterbacks and Bo Nix, he was asked about it twice. I am only including one clip because he says basically the same damn thing, just in a different way of saying it, twice. So let's kick it over to Brian Harson entering his first spring there on the Plains. You know, you have Derek Mason, who's a guy that's done a lot of, you know, three, four, four, three, some different things. What, what do you foresee kind of the scheme-wise for your guys, and I guess how important is it to be versatile on defense nowadays? Yeah, well, what you just said, I think a little of everything. Uh, I think you're three down, four down front to see both of those. And, and like you said, just to be versatile, uh, you got to be able to play both. you got to be able to get in a three-man front. you got to be able to get into a four-man front. Um, you got to be able to bring backers and walk them up and, and, and be aggressive, you know, short yardage situations, goal line, whatever that is. Um, so to me, we'll see both of those throughout spring. Um, you know, he's going to be the one that's going to be managing that and how much we, we see as far as the defensive install goes. But we know from an offensive standpoint, we'll see that from our defense. Um, and then the different coverages, right? I think one of them, you know, that, that everybody has to, to make sure they practice is man coverage. And, uh, you'll see man coverage out there. You'll see the the man techniques. You know that's one where you know that just takes time, and that's your one on one that you're going to spend uh, probably the majority of your time teaching. You know, it's just your man technique and coverages. So we'll, we'll certainly work on that, and and then there'll be a mixture of it, right? As the spring as spring goes on and practices, we start stacking days. 
um, you know, you go back and forth. What did we do well? What did we not do well? And I think you'll see a little bit of everything. Uh, and that's the beauty of spring. You know, that's for, for us right now, we're, we're implementing our systems for the first time. We're getting a chance to get out there and, and actually do them with the players. Uh, but also, I think spring is a, is a great time to test and tune and try some things and, um, you know, see how it fits with your personnel and see how that fits maybe with something you want to do uh, going into this next season. Um, there is no game, you know, at the end of spring, and you can adjust the way you want to. You can slow it down, speed it up. Um, you can go back and, and cover another install if you want to. Uh, so there's a lot of things that, that spring ball does as far as just giving you freedom as a coach. But, you know, we want to push and we want to make sure we get in uh, the installs that we have set, you know, especially in the first seven practices. And then we want to regroup when we have that week in between and come back and say, all right, here's where we are, where we're going. And then continue on with our installation all the way through the spring game and um, try to get a lot in so these guys have you know, the foundation of what we're doing, the DNA of what we're doing, and they can prepare and, and utilize that through the summer. Hey, Coach. Gianna Hahn from ALA.com. Um, what have you kind of learned about Bo as you've gotten to know him a bit better, and how are you planning to approach that quarterback position as you head into the spring? Did you ask what I've got to learn about Bo? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, well, really all those guys, Grant Loy, Bo, um, Davis, Garnett, um, Paid, you know, all, all those guys um, that are in that room right now, um, you know, I just just being around that quarterback group, right? I think Coach Bobo's done a great job with those guys. And, um, you know, obviously get a chance to be around the quarterback room. I enjoy that. And I enjoy just, just watching these guys, um, how they prepare themselves, you know, how, what their demeanor is in the weight room and on the field and how they operate. Um, you know, those are things that I've got a chance to see. Um, not just uh, you know not just from the quarterback position, but from all the players and Trey Lindsey in there as well. Um, so you know I think that group will will approach it now as far as you know going out there. There'll be a pecking order in practice, right? There always is. Uh, I wouldn't say that we necessarily have a depth chart set. We have a pecking order. Bo will go out there first. Grant will be out there. All right, uh, that will get mixed as we go through practices. Um, you know, guys will get their shot to run with the ones and twos or whatever we consider the ones and twos at the time. And, you know, what I want to see from, from that group in particular, I want to see guys, you know, prepared every single day. I want to see guys come out there and, and, um, and compete, execute, all right, uh, operate the system. I think that's a, a big part of what we have to do right now at the quarterback position. We just got to operate every day. And, and, and how we do that at that position is really going to lead to, all right, how our offense goes. Um, if we can get that... Uh, we can get that down and feel good about what we're doing at the quarterback position. I think our operation as a, as a whole can improve on the offensive side. So those guys know that, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I mean, today's a fun day for, for those guys to, to put the work on the field that they've been doing and, and us getting the chance to see these guys go out there and compete. And, and then we'll see. You know, right now everybody's competing. Everybody, um, you know, you come to a spring like this, everybody's at that and it was always this way, whether you had returning starters or not. I mean, that's just been a, something that I always believe in. You, you show up in spring and guys improved from the off season. You know, you want to see what they're able to do. And you want to give everybody an opportunity to go out there and compete and maximize their reps. And then as the practices go on, all right, that pecking order starts to become a depth chart and you start to get into your, your level of where, you know, these guys are rolling with the ones and the twos a little bit more. And, and you keep mixing that, you know, through those practices. All right, Shane, so a big bowl of nothing there 
from uh, Brian Harson when asked twice, like I said, he was asked specifically twice about Bo Nix and the quarterbacks and all that. And, you know, I'm not holding it against the guy. I'm actually looking at it as a positive, Shane, because, you know, every Auburn fan knows this kid, five-star, they know the story, five-star player. You know, yeah. his dad, his family all played at Auburn. He came in with so much hype, and he, he flashed it early, disappointing last year. And I think we're all assuming, you know, can Brian Harson and Mike Bobo, can they, I don't want to say Bo Nix needs to be fixed, but they just need him to be more consistent. And then here you got the head coach saying, well, not only is he not saying nothing, but in saying nothing, what he's saying to me is, I don't care who this kid is. I don't care how much experience he's got. He's got to prove it to me on the field to take this team and, and be the starting quarterback. I don't care how many, you know, starts he has in a row and all this. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's, if you're an Auburn fan, that's exactly what you need to hear. That's what you want to hear. I'm not saying Bo Nix is not going to be the starting quarterback. I, I certainly think he will be, but nothing's going to be handed to him here. And I think that's absolutely the, the right avenue to go if you're, you're Coach Harson. Did, did you feel like that was more for for Bo, or did you feel like that was more for the fans? Because Yeah, I, yeah that's, a, that's I mean, an interesting if, question. You know, because if, if it's for Bo, it's almost like, hey, man, you know, nothing's promised. And, and you know, that's like that whole, that whole saying, you know, as the – the ship, all the ships rise as the water goes up or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm terrible at sayings, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you've got a room full of quarterbacks and you just already crown Bo as your guy, mm-hmm. then there's no competitive competition. And, and you, you gotta have that, man. You gotta have, uh, maybe that's the problem with Bo is just, he's known he's got it ever since Joey left, you know, this was his, this was his baby. And and maybe, you know, last year was a little bit of humble pie and we can build off that and create competition. And that's how you make a quarterback better. You know, if I just tell you you're going to have the starting job, what's to push you as hard as the other guys? But if you've got to prove it to the new guy, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading into that wrong or, or, or maybe I'm just reading into coach speak. But it just felt like that was a that was more of a, a shot at Bo just to just to let him know he's going to have to earn it. Yeah, and you know maybe to your question, I thought about it a little bit more. I think maybe that was a little bit towards the fans a little bit too. Yeah, just so they don't, you know, their hopes and dreams don't all reside with Bo Nix. I think he's trying to kind of let them know on that one, and you know this is going to be fascinating because I know they got a four-star quarterback named Davis. Uh, he'll be a true freshman, but again, he committed to play for Gus and, and Chad Morris there. So I don't even know if he really fits what they want to be doing on offense now. Now that's on the coaches to take a guy that I believe won two state titles at Texas. So I'm not saying he's a bad player by any means, but mm-hmm. now it's on the coaches to kind of get the most out of, out of him if he plays and uh, you know, maybe if spring doesn't go, if it's more of the same for Bo Nix, what we saw last season, let's hope it isn't. But if it is, you know, I would think they're going to be pretty active in the transfer market. Maybe get, you know, like a graduate transfer quarterback here. And mm-hmm. uh, certainly don't think that'll happen during spring. I think they're, they're going to give it at least a spring to see what happens, but just watch, you know, just remember that I, I'm saying this, if they add a quarterback down the line, 
I think that kind of tells you all you need to know about their confidence level in Bo Nix to get it done. And uh, that's that's going to be one of the major things that I'm going to be watching there on the Plains as we get spring football heated up there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good storyline in the offseason. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. Hey, uh, I think that's all I got on this one. You got anything before we hop off here? Well, Mike, no. Um, I had a couple of reviews come in. Uh, I'm going to be reading those Thursday night, so those will come out Friday. If you got a, an iPhone, Apple product, or anything like that, those five-star ratings do really help us out. And speaking of that, Shane, sorry to cut you off there, but uh, we got a message for a fan, and hey, He's requesting more Aggie football. Aggies starting spring this week as well, so uh, just waiting for that to kick off. But uh, special message here for DNA Aggie, David Bryan, if you're out there. You you wrote you wrote us a five-star review, but you <laughs> gave us four. You ain't getting a koozie, brother. To you, you can edit that. Just quickly edit that to five. I'll send you an Aggie koozie immediately. But uh, we really do appreciate each and every one of you, especially you, DNA Aggie. Just uh, make that quick correction. I got. I actually just got an email here earlier this morning. I'm sending out an Alabama one to one of our listeners, Blake. If you're out there listening, so hey, uh, we really do appreciate each and every one of those. And and hey, I, I keep updating the uh, the T-shirt store. So we got a T Public. If you just go in your podcast show notes. There's merchandise there that's uh, it's constant. It's on sale all the time. Thirteen dollars shirts can't beat it. But he went premature on that star rating, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I do too. <laughs> and I'm, hey, I, would, I wouldn't be calling him out either unless he. The title of his review is five stars for Shane, and then he left a four. <laughs> so, so I know for a fact he meant to leave a five. So uh, just make that quick quick edit and uh, happy to send you a, a beer koozie a texas a&m koozie but uh hey buddy thanks for hopping on with me had a good time here yeah. I'm, I'm happy that uh, we got some spring football in the year the grass is is you know i can smell the grass out there food tastes better beer tastes better this beer i just chugged it's getting me uh, a head buzz here but uh appreciate each and every one of you hanging out we'll catch you on the next one all right see you guys go balls To secure a deposit bonus, a, suppo- <laughs> a suppository, <laughs> to get to get ten thousand up your ass. Let's kick it over to Mark Stoops. Get it. <laughs> All right. What he's drinking. <laughs> that was just the message behind the scenes. You know, you're gonna you're gonna break out, but he just never it never happened. Never happened. Sometimes it doesn't, Mike, you know. I bought <laughs> I bought this shirt. No shit. I bought this shirt long time ago, man. Uh, and it was the first shirt I ever bought from Abercrombie and Fitch. Mm-hmm. Fitch. 
and uh, there's a couple of dress shirts. And I'll never forget, I was at the lowest of low weight. Like, this is back when I was, like, getting in shape, you know, for Running the track. and stuff. Yeah, you know, just feeling good, you know? And I get this shirt, and it's my size at every other fucking store except for Aberdeen. Oh. And I was like, oh, dude, you know, I was I was so close, though. And I so I, I hung it up, and I said, you know, I'm just going to get on it continue this weight loss journey and uh i'll put that shirt on and that was about 15 years ago (laughs) but the funny thing is i mean i have moved i have done it but those two shirts are still sitting in that fucking closet so whenever i finally hit the lbs that i'm gonna i I mean these things are so far out of style i don't care i'm wearing them downtown (laughs) baby (laughs) 